shall we begin? Hey everyone, and welcome to Legion Quest. It is your best destination for all things Legion when it is, you know, actually airing. I'm Zach Jenkins, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Matt Sibley. Matt, how are you doing today? Pretty good, pretty tired. Been revamping my room. I'm surrounded by all of the books which should be on the bookcase. Ooh, that's exciting. I'm not doing any of that, but that's a fun time. What I am doing is looking over all the news from San Diego Comic-Con 2017. A very hectic event. Yeah, I am terrified of actually going to a huge con like that. Like, I've gone to some local or regional ones, but nothing nothing to that scale. And I have no desire to go to something that scale. That sounds like four days of really long everything. Yeah, I think I saw someone say they didn't get into a panel and they'd been queuing for like 16 hours, which is ridiculous. <laughs> yep, not worth it. Now, and you pay to do that? Yeah. You pay to do that. And you have to get oh. a hotel if you're, you know, on the other side of the country. It's San Diego's not cheap. No. Man. Yeah, I made the right choice of hanging out at my house this weekend <laughs> instead of being in San Diego. We get all the news for free. You do. News about Legion. This is our uh, first news since the show ended. The drought has ended. We finally have something actually Legion-related to talk about, which makes a big difference over our last three months. So, uh, yeah, wanna wanna jump right into the Legion news? Hmm. So uh, they had the panel at San Diego Comic Con. I think they had it Thursday. Yeah, they had, they had the panel Thursday night. So, well, I guess Thursday night for me, but I'm a East Coast person. I, th- I feel like it was still Thursday night for me, but like very I guess close it'd be, to being it would, it would be more Thursday night for you. Mm. <laughs> uh, but the real the real thing is they talked about Legion Season 2, which is going to be exciting. Uh, everyone's coming back, and there is a new actor who's going to be uh, going to be pretty key in the series. Uh, his name is Saeed Fagamawi, which I don't speak Moroccan, so I cannot accurately, you know, trust that. I'm basing this off a YouTube video that I found five minutes before recording this. Uh, but yeah, he, he's probably best known for playing in Wonder Woman earlier this year. Mm. Uh, Matt, what do you think about this casting? Uh, I, I liked him in Wonder Woman. I... I don't think I've seen anything of him recently because I, it, like I know he was in one of the GI Joes, but then he's been up other stuff you know earlier in the nineties like Bahane. and I, I enjoyed him in Wonder Woman. He kind of has like that, like a fun bouncy attitude, which I think will fit well. He didn't kind of go for anything which seems like out of place in a comic book kind of movie. He'll fit right at home here. Did we mention that he's playing the Shadow King? I feel like we skipped over that bit, but I went straight to my opinion, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems important. He's playing Amal Farouk, the Shadow King, which was the role that, you know, Aubrey Plaza really owned last year. Now, uh, I mean, in the comics, while, you know, the Shadow King is, in truth, a psionic entity that's essentially a big, dark, purpley nightmare, uh, he often portrays himself as a large Middle Eastern man. Uh, the Amal Farouk identity. Mm. So this is a bit closer to that. 
I think the way they described him is that you know he was going to be kind of a charming guy. He was going to be, uh, you know, someone that you don't mind being kind of swayed by or possessed by or something like that. So I I think uh, Saeed can pull that off because mm. in Wonder Woman his character was charming. Yeah, but... out out of the three, he's the one who seemed nicest. <laughs> So I I mean I think that'll be it'll be a good mix. It'll be interesting to see how they do that. Uh yeah. because you still have uh you know the Lenny type personality that Aubrey Plaza plays up real well. You've got uh Jermaine Clement who is, you know, at the end of the season possessed by the Shadow King and yeah. from the leaked or not leaked script, the script that they had sent out about you know, season two it seems like that's going to be continuing at least in part. So I'm not sure if this is like some flashback stuff or what's going to be going on, or if there's just going to be a new aspect of the shadow King. Yeah. I think in the same, in like in the panel, they said that there were more flashbacks to the other characters. You know, we've got kind of David's story in like a fairly linear fashion now, but we don't know as much about them. Right. So I, I imagine that they'll be digging back into the shadow King and you know, eventually like, connecting a path through to xavier and everything uh yeah so dan stevens uh said actually at san diego that he had reached out to professor xavier himself patrick stewart about being on the show so Hmm. it's possible that we get some sort of like og xavier stuff going on Mm -hmm. that being said patrick stewart had no idea what the show was about and said oh you're my son in the show that's neat that's really all he needs I I feel like he could probably work from that I feel like Patrick Stewart's been doing that role for 17 years and if someone said hey can you sit in a wheelchair and just be very fatherly and dramatic for eh, 10 minutes I think he'd say yeah I got this I got this hold on it's like a very brief insert shot we you know picture of the wheelchair we pan up you're there all right then you can go home yeah see that would work though Hmm. that would get all the people about Legion, real excited. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So other other news from the Legion panel: season two is going to be ten episodes, which <laughs> means like one less month of us trying to figure out how to fill time in the off season. Yeah, <laughs> which is nice. It also means more content for all of the listeners and yeah. watchers. Frankly, I'd like I like the show, and I think if the script needs more room to breathe, if it if the script they have needs 10 episodes, I'm glad that FX is giving Noah Hawley that space. Yeah. I think when we talked about the final episode, like, you know, kind of when like season two was announced as well. And Hawley said, like, I kind of know how many episodes it's going to take in a way. Mm -hmm. So like, I feel like this number could expand or, you know, get smaller depending on what it needs each year. Right. No, it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, beyond that, frankly, a lot of the panel was fluff. They talk about how, you know, like we said, they're going to be looking at some of the other people's youths and pasts and stuff and what brought them to where they are today. Uh, David got, you know, floated away in his Pokeball at the end of the, uh, end of the last season. And it looks like at least a part of the season is going to be him working to make his way back to everyone else from wherever he gets dropped off at. Uh, that I think that's about the big thing. I know, yeah, they were trying to get 
Professor X on there, like I had mentioned. So maybe I have no idea when they're filming because I have I saw conflicting reports of like it starts in early 2018 or it starts in September. When did they say it was the season was coming back? Did they say like March? They no, I feel like it was earlier than that. I thought I thought they said January back then, but I think it was like maybe I think it was roughly a year from when it ended, but I don't remember for sure. Yeah, like we thought it'd be early 2018. If it was September, it would make sense because you know they'd be basically done if it was early 2018 then it wouldn't be back straight away in january but it would be more like the way that he's worked at times with fargo when they when they've been filming and like six episodes ahead of what's actually being released that week right right because that those were really hectic productions yeah yeah but i mean i think that's the that was the big stuff to come out of the legion panel well like Uh, legion specific because he announced the doctor doomed Oh, yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. Uh, because it's Noah Hawley related, and also this is our podcast. So, uh, yeah, Noah Hawley's at least writing the Doctor Doom movie that is apparently happening. This man doesn't slow down. <laughs> like, look, look, look. I know there is a contingent of people who want all of the rights back at Marvel for all of their properties. I also know there's a contingent of people who understand that, hey, the X-Men probably at this point work fine in their own universe and we don't need to mess with it. Mm. But they're like, the Fantastic Four has all these villains and all these fun things that we want to use. And they're right. But if anyone is going to do a standalone Doctor Doom movie, Noah Hawley, that guy, that guy can get it. Yeah, like, I, I can see why people want the rights back at Marvel, but at the same time, I don't see Marvel ever hiring Noah Hawley and letting him go right until the end. Exactly. Like, we hire you to do the first draft, and then, you know, once the director comes in, we'll see where they want to go with it. Marvel looks like they are giving some of their directors a bit more leeway. Especially However, Ryan Coogler. Yeah, uh, Black Panther looks for Black Panther, and that's basically unprecedented for them, I think. Yeah. It's it's good stuff. Mm. But, I mean, they have a house style. Yeah. And you can argue the merits of that one way or another for you know days on end. There's good, there is bad. You don't get the stuff that Noah Hawley excels at in a house style. No. I mean, Which well, is why Legion we came were... out and looked incredibly different right from the jump. Exactly. I mean, if that even if that was a Marvel Netflix show, it doesn't look like that. It's nowhere near as experimental or anything of the sort. Like, I can't think of anything in a Marvel movie that's half as experimental as something like that. It's just not the way they operate, and that's fine. The world needs, you know, something that's very safe, very this is what you're going to get, and you're going to enjoy it. You already know you're going to enjoy it, but you have a limit of how crazy you can get. Yeah. It's like... I think the way that Marvel is experimenting, it's more in, like, with kind of Thor Ragnarok and the kind of deviate from past two and go in this fashion, but at the same time, it's still in keeping with, like, what Guardians has said as an aesthetic now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the the Thor Ragnarok poster and the, uh, actually, Infinity War poster, they finally have color, but it's mm. the same palette as, like, the Guardians 2 poster. Yeah. Like... 
they're they're being they're being crazier, but they're being crazier in a very safe way. Mm. So yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to learn more about what Noah Hawley's view on Doctor Doom is. Yeah, I think it's probably a ways off now, but when he eventually gets yeah, chance to I'm, make it, then that'd be great. I'm trying to figure out how you uh how you do it because Noah Hawley's gonna get that Doom has to be a bad guy. Like mm. even if even if he has good qualities. Doom is still a man named Victor Von Doom, and Dr. Doom is one guy who found the love of his life, agreed with each other that they still loved each other and thought they were, you know, perfect and they could make each other happy, and then sent her to hell to be tortured by demons and then wore her skin as new magic armor. Yeah, he's not a nice person. No, people who say that Doom's, like, good and, oh, Doom's the best guy, he's like, no, 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 no. He's still evil, that's the point. Hmm. How, even if he is a god, occasionally. like He's not a nice That god. never works well! Why do people keep thinking it does? <laughs> that was the point of Secret Wars! It's Hey, uh, this is a bad place. Doom's doing some stuff that's not the worst. He's not, like, literally burning the place, you know, from day one. But it's not right, it's not good, and Doom's not a good god. People are just getting trapped in the area with Marvel zombies. That's that's a technicality. That's not on him. <laughs> oh, man. But no, I, I'm trying to figure out what they draw from. Because you can draw from some of the like Hickman FF stuff and mm. the Hickman work with Doom. Brubaker's Books of Doom, which is like... I don't even think the Fantastic Four show up in that. It's kind of filling in the time that led up to him taking control of that area. Mm-hmm. And you see, what, I'm, what I kind of want... I don't really want a Doctor Doom origin thing. Like, uh, I I kind of want Doctor Doom to just be in this movie fully formed. Mm-hmm. And part of that's just because superhero movies in general, like the origin, serves a f- purpose. It has a function. But at a certain point, I don't care because I didn't get to this movie to watch the origin. Mm-hmm. Like the the recent Spider Man movie that came out, it. Spoiler, it cuts out the entire origin. It just says, you know who this is, mm. and runs with it, which works because, you know what? I don't need to see him get bit by a spider again. I don't need to see Uncle Ben get shot again. I, I'm i in this for a guy making bad jokes, climbing walls, and shooting webs, mm. and I got all that. Mm. So, I, like I don't know. It, it could skew closer to Unbreakable than it would, like, modern superhero stuff mm-hmm. like it's kind of you know a different tone there that isn't like you know unbreakable is in a sense an origin story but it's not in the traditional sense of we see how the person gets the powers and then the like core antagonist is set up and eventually that leads to a climax in which they fight with giant explosions all around right well one of the things i think you can do with doom is uh and i know we were talking about this on twitter with some people i think you can go with the uh you know dr doom dr strange triumph and torment route and yes dr strange isn't there fine whatever you have someone else fill his role because that's a dr doom story that dr strange is in not the other (laughs) way around uh but you do something because that story all of doom's motivations in that are about his origin about his past Mm. it's a story that can that starts with a fully formed doom 
and it's a story that you know has doom growing as an individual while you know understanding where he came from but it still it works a lot better i think as a cohesive like standalone doom thing plus he also fights satan and yeah that's always possible like you can you know we've been talking about how it's you know we want dr doom to be a villain or at least i want dr doom to be the villain and you know what the villain fighting the incarnation of evil to prove that hey i'm you know i have something that's of value in me i have something that is all right even if it's just i like my mom and i don't want her tortured in hell for all of eternity i think that's i think that's a good way to do it you know keeping him as the as a not a good guy but giving him someone who you can root against. Like, you can say, oh, I'll root for Doom against literally Satan. That's fair. <laughs> it's also contained and short in a way that allows for expansion. It's not like people are throwing Hickman's entire line of work at poorly and I, like, adapt this into a two-hour movie. Right, right. No, it's, it's a good standalone thing. <laughs> I don't think Noah Hawley can simulate... Mike from Hellboy, whose last name for some reason I cannot say, even though I've said it hundreds of times in my life. <laughs> Mignola, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Mignola. Yep. That's his name. That's his name. Yeah. Him. I don't think he can do Doc. Uh, you know what? This whole segment's <laughs> kind of been a disaster. <laughs> I don't think it's going to look like the book. That's all I'm saying, which is fine because it's very stylized art. That's all I was getting at. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Can you tell we're out of practice? Uh, so, also announced at San Diego Comic-Con, and this was one of the things that got me the most excited, was X-Men Grand Design, which is going to be a new miniseries by Ed Piscor from Hip Hop Family Tree, which is super interesting. Like, that's a choice. It feels sort of like a Raymond Delabos like kind of style. Oh, yeah, I like his style. Don't get me mm. wrong. It's it's not traditional, you know, super crisp comic art. Like, this isn't a Jim Lee, a Brian Hitch, someone like that. And also, but it works really well with, like, the classic kind of coloring as well. Oh, yeah. It looks... That he posted about it. Yeah, so he's posted... The, it's a miniseries that's going to have six issues. Six 40-page issues... That will be released over the next three years because he has said his page rate is about 80 pages a year. <laughs> so he feels confident that he can hit it on that time frame, which I'm glad he's, you know, setting everyone up for that. <laughs> but, you know, they're doing, you know, over three years. It's covering the first 30-ish years of X-Men. So he said 1 to 280, which is... From the start of X-Men through the end of Claremont, essentially. Which is, like, crazy ambitious to oh, retell it up. Yeah, and he wants to distill it down to, like, one key through-line story. Which is going to be tough, because <laughs> your entire... You have a 100% cast turnover through that, at least once. Yeah. And then, like, an 80% cast over turnover later in the series. I'm excited to see how he does, you know, stuff like Dark Phoenix in the space of ten pages. Yeah, that that's got to be. You're gonna have some kind of build up before that, but then it's you know, like you could 
be done with it in five minutes if you wanted to when reading it, which feels like a very ambitious thing to do. Right. Yeah. It. I'm interested in it. I'll tell you why I am excited. Because this dude is passionate about this project. I've been following him on Twitter. He's been posting all of the X-Men comics that he drew when he was 10. I feel like I saw... Yeah, it's... He's been doing... He's been just showing just, hey, you know, I am I am legit about all this stuff. This mm-hmm. is something I do not want to screw up, so I'm going to do my best, guys. And I'm excited about that. That sounds like a lot of fun. Three years is... Like, when I read that, I... Well, I think... It must have been when you shared it. I looked at it and was like, has he been working on it for three years? And then read it again, so it's going to take a while. Oh, yeah, no. The first one yeah. comes out in December... I think the next one's in the spring, and then they have not really announced when anything else no. is coming. So. Strangely solicits don't go that far in advance. Yeah, this is going to be one of those things that I just tell my shop, keep on my pull list, whenever it comes out, I'll buy it, but just keep it, keep it, keep it on there. I know it's not going to be solicited. Mm. You know it's not going to be solicited. Like, yeah. I can't imagine this is a big seller end of the day i feel like it, it'll do well in trade when it eventually comes out like that yeah yeah i think i think that's gonna be best though like 80 pages is just too short for a trade so they're padding <laughs> it out with a you know a classic x-men story in the trade so i don't know how like that's gonna be that's the weird good, thing i feel like it's a good strategy because Asking someone to jump in, like, straight to Claremont if it's their first kind of X-Men stuff or, you know, like, first comic book in general. Especially if they, you know, they're aware of, like, what modern stuff looks like. is a little bit of a, you know, like a swerve from what they're used to. But, like, this right. project kind of give them enough to kind of get the basics down and have an idea. And then kind of go through the Claremont stuff a little bit slower. Like, you know, gradually push through those 240 issues or however many there are. Several, <laughs> several. <laughs> I I think it's a sh- I think it's a hair under two hundred for hmm. his seventeen year run because he started at oh, ninety three, yeah. started at ninety three, went to two eighty, ish. So yeah, just a bit under. Hmm. Which is like a crazy so, volume of work, and it's is it fully collected now anyway? Like across various places. Yeah. You can, yeah, you can buy all of it in black and white reprints of the okay. Marvel Essentials. Uh, they have, I think, in various combinations of omnibuses and event, like big event oversized books, you can yeah, get the entire run in oversized. Because they've got, they've got the first three, and I th- maybe... I think maybe they have, like, a few issues in between, like, the lead-up to Fall of the Mutants and the end of the third omnibus, but I'm not sure. I read it all on Unlimited or in Essentials when I was younger, so... Yeah, I mean, it's obviously there on Unlimited, and that's, like, probably the best way to do it until all of the omnibuses yes. come out, depending on how that gets done. I that's mean, probably honestly... If unless unless you've already read all of Claremont X Men, Unlimited is the right way to go. Mm-hmm. Get, get yourself take that omnibus money, put it towards like a ten inch, eleven inch tablet, and just read it on Unlimited. Cause it's so much stuff. That's so many comics. And they take a while to come out. Like the third one was this 
earlier this year. That's still been like a good uh, few years. Yeah, yeah. Though that third one was that had a lot of really good stuff. That had Ooh. that had all of the uh, magic stuff. That had a bunch of weird miniseries. That was a good collection. Ooh, that one had uh, God Loves Man Kills. Yeah, that was a good, oh, yeah. good collection. It's that in the Ileana Kitty Pride mini, isn't it? And then yeah. other stuff. Yeah, and then like a bunch of the best Paul Smith, Chris Claremont work. Mm. Is that the one with the wordless storm fight? I can't think who she's fighting, but... Callisto, yeah. She's fighting Callisto, and it's the best yeah. fight in Claremont X-Men. <laughs> yeah, that, that's some good stuff. The knife mm. fight. In the sewers. Oof. Yeah. So, X-Men Grand Design. It's going to relive all those fun memories. And yeah, it comes come back out in, in 2020 and we'll talk about it in full. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Uh, so, the other thing you brought up was The Gifted. Which mm. they... Uh, what, do we want to talk about their advertising game? Yeah, sure. Because I like that bit quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, they are. They plastered the town with stuff about getting yourself registered for the X gene. And it's this nice, innocent-looking thing with a, like, sinister undertone to it. It's saying, you know, it's not a crime to be a mutant, but it's a cra- crime uh, not to tell anyone. Like, they're saying, hey, you have you have to register yourself with the Sentinel Services. And they set up, like, a whole website that people who weren't at San Diego could go to. They had booths around town where people could get registered they had a lot of stuff it was really neat to see what fox is like fox thinks this is going to be their big show i i really liked the website i Mm -hmm. i wasn't at a computer at the time so i just used it on my phone and so when it came to the videos of like where the kind of communications break through like it was it was filling the kind of whole screen as if it was taken over briefly for the 20 odd seconds that they spoke for right it's it's like a really simple viral idea which works quite well i don't think you can be going into this expecting legion it's still a network show it's still going to be a lot closer to like your agents of shield than anything else but i still think it looks pretty good yeah i most people seem positive about it as well there isn't really like a level of vitriol that's guarded for it yeah right no and i mean i think you're going to continue to have that contingent of people who feel strongly that all the rights need to be at Marvel, like we were talking earlier. But those people keep forgetting that Marvel sold those things willingly. And, you know, if you want to blame someone, blame Marvel. Don't blame Fox for it. Because Fox has just been like, hey, we we bought this thing a while ago, and we did a lot of stuff. They've done a huge amount of legwork to get to this. Like, fine, the X-Men movies aren't... Marvel Cinematic Universe level of things. It's still in like the top ten franchises in movie history. Yeah. <laughs> as far as oh, it's straight up. I think it's like seven or eight. It's like there's Star Wars, there's Marvel stuff, there's like Harry Potter, James Bond. Oh yeah. Yeah. Some other stuff would have to be in there then. Yeah, it's on that level. So you know what? Maybe maybe the Fox stuff, they're doing something right if they've been able to pull off that level of success. And I like mm. the movies. So. Yeah. The Gifted starts in September, doesn't it? Or is it October? I think it's September. I think it's September. And we'll we'll definitely talk about the first episode and all that stuff when it comes out. Mm. So I think that's 10 episodes maybe. as well. I, I thought it was like a full 22... I haven't actually looked up how many it is. They might. I think they might have like a, 
like a 10 or 13 issue initial thing and then they have an option to pick up more i don't know i think someone... said that he, the guy the guy who's running it said that he'd like to do 12 or 13 but oh okay you know, yeah, that's, uh... where it does well enough like you said yeah, and the guy running it is Matt Nix of Burn Notice fame, which everyone I know liked Burn Notice. Mm. I don't, I don't think it had any super fans, but they enjoyed it. No, that is that a USA show over there? Yes, yes. Yeah, I feel like that was kind of like the peak of the show, which you know everyone kind of liked that comes from or that came from USA pre Mister Robot, but no one was necessarily like doting over every single moment. Yep, yep, that sounds about right. So yeah, that's a that's the gifted. Now, what else did we want want to talk about here? What else from uh, San Diego really stood out to you, Matt? I feel, I feel like most of it's the Marvel Studios panel in full. <sighs> yeah, look, you don't talk about San Diego without bringing that up. Yeah, it looks really cool. Like I keep telling myself to temper expectations but did you see that thor trailer where they had yes. like satire was in there and then hulk was talking and then they did the whole uh what were you the god of again thing where thor answers with just thunder and it's great yeah i'm oh. very i'm very happy about that movie and i'm very happy about how kate blanchett is playing hella i mean matt they haven't even shown much of scourge and you know what scourge is gonna do He's gonna he's gonna go and stand alone at Galabru, and it's gonna be epic. It it feels like a very big like, movie now as well. It's packed. Like, on in there. like I understand you can just end up doing Sitar as a giant flame monster. I just like I just read the Sitar part of Simonson's Thor yesterday. Okay. And. You can just do him as a flame monster with a big old sword, and he works as long as he's, like, built up as an epic thing. Mm. As long as they spend the entire movie, like, breaking away to him forging a sword and saying doom a lot, you're gonna be like, okay, I like this guy. He seems pretty cool. <laughs> but, yeah, there's a lot going on. Because you got the Hulk and Thor stuff, you got the continuing Loki stuff, you gotta introduce uh, Valkyrie... You got Hella, who is just... Strange is going to appear at some that, point. It's going to be so crazy. Mm. I don't even know what this movie's supposed to be. Jeff Goldblum's in this movie, doing <laughs> stuff. I briefly like, forgot oh. that he was in there. I'm ashamed of myself. Yeah, yeah it's going to be... It's going to be something else. This... This is just going to be a crazy thing. I don't even know how to respond to it. Beyond, like, I smiled the whole time... And then I got really excited, and then I laughed because they were chatting, and then I saw Sitar, and I got really, really excited because he was a fire demon man. And that's yeah, all I want. I'm, I may have misgivings with the movies when they actually come out, but these panels do a good job of like making sure that everyone, including me, feels excited. Yeah, you just you just ride that hype cycle real hard, don't you? You're like, ooh, 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 ah, it's disappointing, it's not actually a high-level Hollywood critical production. Right, I think, like, in general, I temper my, I've, like, reached a point where I can kind of temper my expectations, and, and, like, it's not as if I, like, I'm living from superhero movie to superhero movie. Right, right. You see uh, other things, I guess. Yeah. And, but, uh, like, up until that panel, I was sort of like, it's a fine San Diego Comic-Con. There's not, like, I feel like I've 
I'm aware of, like, I'm not necessarily jumping out of my seat about any of these announcements. And then it came to me catching up on the Marvel Studios stuff. I was like, no, the, the, like, this stuff is good to see. I like it. I can, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. Like, it has that effect. I, yeah, no. I don't, like, I don't know whether it's just because of the fact, like, it's, we're kind of, like, in the point of the build-up where it's a snowball and it's just continually gaining momentum. And there's no way to really, like, get off that. Right, right. Now, it's it, it's all building up to this whole Infinity War thing. Now, did you did you happen to see some of the material for that that may have made its way outside of Hall H? I may have seen half of that material in the sense that, like, if it was split into two triangles, the one on the right was cut off. But <laughs> no, I I actually ended up seeing I I saw something that was a lot clearer than what everyone was complaining about originally. Uh, it was only like a quarter of the screen was cut off instead of half of <laughs> oh, it. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I don't know. It feels epic. It feels big. Mm. It feels like there's going to be Thanos at the end erasing half of his existence, which will be cool. Isn't that great on the version I heard? But like, Josh Brolin as Thanos, his voice was still booming on a low volume, and presumably yeah. with his phone or, that was recording it being tucked away. Between. Yeah. Okay, but why doesn't he have a hat? I, why doesn't Thanos have a hat? He is not a good-looking bald man. It's it's what you get after you get the gems. <sighs> I mean, I guess. I mean, I know they're saying that he only had like four or five of not six, but dude needs his hat. He does look a little odd, I'll give him that. He looks... Like, it's the chin. The chin doesn't work when he's completely bald. The chin only works when that's not the only weird purple feature on him. Did He He had the hat in the Avengers post-credit, or the mid-credit scene, didn't he? Yeah, and in Guardians. So, hmm. I mean... I, presumably that, he'll have it then. I don't see why they just drop it. I don't know. I don't know. That's a weird design choice. Hmm. But, you know, like, you give Hela her hat, and they gave Hela her oh, hat. Yeah. Like... <laughs> That was the important thing for me. It was, does she have a hat that is, you know, matting? And she does. It It's great. It's got the Kirby antlers and all that stuff. Mm. It's all I wanted. Yeah. But don't give Thanos his little cap. He's a mocap guy. It's not mm. even like Thor where they can legitimately say it's real hard to do all this stuff with, with it on his head. Mm. Look, like the thing about Thanos, I think it may change when we see whatever footage it like they choose to release in the proper fashion. I think like he sounds intimidating, but if he, yes. I don't know if him looking like a thumb would undercut that completely or just be like a, oh, you know, he's still kicking everyone into the dirt. He's terrifying. I mean, look, looking a little goofy didn't help out Apocalypse in X-Men no. Apocalypse. So hmm. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see about that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Marvel continued to be on their A-game. For what it's worth, I watched the Justice League trailer and I said, eh, I'm sure I'll I'm, it at some point. I'm very surprised that people think that this is it being turned around. Like, and Look, steering course towards goodness. Like, I feel like it's very much the same as the first trailer, but without the Bad Beatles cover. Yeah. No, the Bad Beatles cover was still there right at the end. They put it. They put. They put it in there at the end. I probably blocked it out from my memory. And like, a, I heard it once 
Oh, yeah. It was a mistake then. You got, you got people writing that Wonder Woman high. They're like, oh, yeah, that was good. And that was a good movie. I don't think yeah. it... I, I think I'm a little more down on that movie than others are. But uh, they are still getting what's mostly a Zack Snyder movie. And <laughs> while 300 had its place when I was 16, it's... His recent stuff hasn't been good. So. It's going to be a very weird movie to critique because of everything that's happened about his family and just coming in and right. doing the reshoots and stuff. And, and that's tragic. And yeah. do not get me wrong. Like, as a parent, no way. I, I All of my sympathy goes to that guy. Mm-hmm. I can also say that, you know, as you step away from it and you look at, you know, kind of the whole death of the author thing Hmm. for criticism you take all of that stuff aside and you look at just the end product i i haven't seen it i can't judge it i can base it on the four minute trailer or whatever they put out for it and that didn't get me pumped up no but you know we'll see yeah how do you feel about the rest of their slate because the stuff that they announced like formally there like green lantern core Justice League. It feels oh, like they, I didn't. I didn't look at any of their news. I saw the trailer. Yeah, I feel it's like Batgirl, the Batman, Aquaman, Justice League Dark, Green Lantern Core, and Flashpoint. And it, I think it Flashpoint's like... a dumb thing to do. Yeah. that's what I think. That alone is a dumb I thing think to Flashpoint... do. I think it's, it's like doing. Death of Superman is your second Superman yeah. story, or doing Dark Knight Returns is your first Batman story. Mm. That's alternate reality stuff doesn't work unless you have a baseline to work off of. Mm. That's the point of an alternate reality story. You don't, you don't make it. You can't say, "Oh, look how crazy this world is," when you don't know. But what's the world supposed to be like? Mm. It, like, I think that feels like a very weird way that they've built the universe. In that they had like I think yeah, fourteen yeah. movies of quote unquote in development. Like I'm, I'm not even sure if the Batman is coming out this decade. Yeah, I, I don't understand it. I really don't. And I'm sure it's going to make a lot of people very happy mm. and make a lot of money. But they have been yeah one for four on the DC extended cinematic universe or whatever. So don't don't see me as an excited proponent of you know going out. Yeah, first I saw night like, I saw Wonder Woman the day it came out, but that was because of the positive critical response to it. Up until up until the point that people like the social embargo dropped and they every kind of critic was like it's good. I was still like I don't know whether I'm seeing this because I can't trust them yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. Uh, anything else from San Diego that was like? I guess it's Defenders is the last. Defenders is something yes. I forgot was coming out next month. Mm. And I've, I've seen watched all of those shows. Eighty percent of those shows, minus Iron Fist. What have you watched? Oh, you okay? You're good. You're good. That's fine. Like my wife had we. My wife and I watched mm. Luke Cage and Jessica Jones together, and I watched Iron Fist by myself. Because she was gone for like a weekend, and I had a lot of spare time, and I chose poorly. 
Uh, and then I had watched the Daredevil. I started Daredevil by myself because she didn't have any interest at the time, and I've watched all those. And I was like, oh, you know, you wa she watched the trailer. She's like, that's Sigourney Weaver. That's cool. But I don't really know what's mm -hmm. happening. Why are there ninjas? Because, you know, if you've only watched oh, yeah, there's Luke no Cage and Jessica Jones, why Yeah, why is there ninjas is a free, relatively, mm -hmm. que relatively good question. Yeah, I think I think the embargo for it's up today as well. So Really? Which is... It's reasonably early. That'll be interesting. It's like a good three weeks, so hopefully there's a reason. It's like a positive reason. Yeah, they but, know that uh, it's good, and that's why they did it like this. Yeah, no, I I hope it's. I like, hope it works out really yeah, well. Honestly, like, this has been be kind of the same amount of build up that Infinity War has been receiving, kind of timescale wise. Like I feel like this deal was struck back in 2012. It was struck in 2013 because I. I remember exactly where I was when I heard the news. I was doing my final project for a robotics class I was doing in my uh, college program, and I was sitting there trying to work on something with my partner, and I got the news. I was like, oh my gosh, all these things are coming to television? What's up? And then four years later, I get Iron <laughs> Fist, and I'm like, oh man. Oh, the Inhumans was there as well, I think. Inhumans was not an. Oh wait, an Inhumans was that? Do we want to talk no. about Inhumans? Really, it doesn't look good. It looks like it was a. It looks like it was a movie that got downgraded to a TV show and then is being done by Scott Buck and then just like I can't. They spend so much money on this. looks great, but it's really hard to screw him up. <laughs> like, like, okay, okay, look. I'm an X-Men fan, so there is a certain level of there is a certain level of gross enjoyment I get about seeing this fail so hard. Not because I dislike the Inhumans mm. in general, like I think oh, that yeah. J. Lee Paul Jenkins run is real, real good. I I think mm. that Miss Marvel is a great character, and I think Black Bolt can be neat, but uh, it's. This whole thing, it's there's been this huge push for them, and it's like, even if they weren't, you know, fighting with the X-Men or causing light genocide, uh, it was really annoying just to see Inhuman plastered everywhere like it was there forever. Like, what, Axis? Did you After ever read the, the Axis? Yeah, I think I blitzed through it in, like, an hour just to see what it was like. There's a weird part in, like, the second or third issue where Havoc is talking about how Avengers and X-Men and Inhumans have all united finally. And it's like, okay, those first two, there was a 12-issue event all about how they aren't getting along right now. And that's been a continuing through line through a lot of stuff. And then you have the Inhumans just kind of hanging around. It felt so much mm. like a corporate mandate. But, like, they're in a good place now. I just don't uh, think the show's going to bring them... The attention that the books deserve. Like, Al Ewing's Royals has kind of been gradually getting better as the art team has shifted around. Right. Well, I mean, I guess here's here's the way I see what's happened to the Inhumans. There were, with the Resurrection relaunch, mm. three Inhumans books. Secret Warriors, yeah. Royals, and Black Bolt. Do you know what none of those what things had in common? The word Inhumans. <laughs> Like, that's such a tainted brand. And they're bringing it back for the oh, uh, yeah. uh, the Priest Noto mm. book, the miniseries. So, I mean, 
I guess you get that, but it's telling when you're doing a big relaunch of a franchise and you don't <laughs> want to talk about the franchise. Yeah, because like the teams for X Men, X Men Gold, yeah. X Men Blue, like it's. Oh yeah, they leaned. Yeah. They leaned hard into the letter X, <laughs> which is the best way to do X Men. All right, yeah, I, I, that's everything I had for San Diego. Anything you wanted to add, Matt? I think that's everything. All right, cool. Well, if you enjoyed uh, Legion Quest and you want to find out more about it, you can follow it on Twitter at Legion Quest. Uh, that's where we do updates and stuff. Uh, you can also go to XavierFiles.com where we host this, where I have weekly articles about X-Men related things. Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter at XavierFiles, uh, where, yeah, you can just see me ramble about all of this exciting San Diego Comic-Con stuff. And occasionally feel reluctant about sharing which X-Men vape articles. <laughs> oh my gosh, look, 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 look. That was... A 20-minute article that I've made as a joke, and I'm it's one of my most successful articles. That's the hard thing about it. Something about it took off. But beyond beyond that, I, I do want to plug that by the time you hear this, I will be teasing a new project that's going to be coming out that I'm real excited for. So uh, keep keep in tune for that. I'm, I think by the time we have the next episode up, it'll definitely be underway. So... That's exciting. And Matt, Matt, where can people uh, find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Sibley and also over at Newsroom. I don't know whether we have anything this week at the moment because San Diego is a very busy time and at least three of the people who work with me are there and mm-hmm. coming back today. But uh, you know, we have archives if you want to look through stuff. We have a review of that Inhumans book by Phil Noto and Christopher Priest, the first issue at the very least. Is that out? Advances were sent out. Oh, cool. That's that's pretty neat. That also has a backup, a what a backup long a lockjaw, yeah, uh, little story by Ryan North, who is the best person to write a lockjaw story. Mm-hmm. So I'm I excited about being that. pretty delightful. I mean, look, Ryan North is is the guy who once failed at walking his dog so hard that it made a. Uh, national news <laughs> did you know that did you know that? i think i did but like not enough yeah. to remember it off the top of my head yeah he fell into a hole and was stuck there for several hours with his dog <laughs> okay yeah i remember this now <laughs> it's great i've i've been a fan of like he does a web comic called dinosaur comics i've been a fan <laughs> of that since i was like in high school so it's real exciting to see him do actual comics work like for the Eisner winning Squirrel Girl, who yeah, people yeah. hate and I don't understand why. It's very odd. I... Oh, it's great. Anyone anyone who dislikes that can just leave because it's a <laughs> great book. Don't leave. We need listeners. But <laughs> yeah, Unsubscribe and then subscribe right back again and at least make it seem like we've gained something. Exactly. Exactly. Play with those metrics. But yeah, I think that, I think that does it for uh, this month's installment of legion quest i'm not sure what we're doing next month i think it really depends on how much time i have to watch fargo season three maybe because we might be talking about maybe. fargo Perhaps. i think that's what we discussed we've talked yeah. about a lot of stuff anyway <laughs> we'll see you guys uh next a month bye-bye David, David. Ciao.